Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, so you're doing the dialing, the outbound dialing, and so, hey, let's drill down on that outbound dialing thing for a second before we move further. So when somebody's on the phone, I would anticipate you don't have much time to establish rapport before they just hang up on you. Uh, Actually, not at all. And I think that is one of the biggest misconceptions that are out there when people are thinking about cold calling and they're oh my god everyone's just gonna hang up you know everyone's just gonna hang up and it, and like i like i said it's all about the way that you frame yourself framing is in your voice too so when you are getting on the phone with somebody i, I don't remember the last time i've been cussed out you know in the beginning yeah because i didn't know how to frame myself but I've, i haven't been cussed out and i mean maybe probably like six months what does your um, outliner scripting sound like when you when someone says you know hello what do you say Oh, hello. I, I mean, it's, it's, oh, hey, John Seller. You know, oh, hey, John. Always the first name. Oh, hey, John. Hi, my name is Josiah. Uh, sorry for this call out of the blue like this, but I, I was just wondering uh, about a house that I think you own over on XYZ Main Street. Uh, yeah, is it? Oh, yeah, I think I might own that. Uh, okay, well, we were actually in the neighborhood and uh, we were actually looking to buy a home in the neighborhood and we're wondering if you had thought about selling yours or would even consider an offer on it. And then, yes, no, maybe so, whatever. And then you kind of take the conversation from there. So what do you do different today than, than you did when you started out? I mean, what did you do when starting out that, you know, sometimes people would like cuss you out and hang up and now they don't. What do you do different? Using a script helps. Definitely good script helps, but understanding rebuttals and empathizing with people's moods and, and understanding their time frame. Don't waste people's time is a good way to put that. And also being very polite 
nice and having a, an overall attitude of a friendly neighbor, not a large corporation real estate investor that's calling you, you know, like a, a credit card company giving you a call or a, uh, or, or, you know, a car salesman or, or somebody who's going to be more harsh. It's, it's, oh, hi. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we were actually wondering uh, about that house. We just didn't know if you, you were interested in selling it or not. Oh, okay. Well, you know, Oh no, I was not really interested, but thanks for the call. I actually get thanked for calls. So that's, that's pretty good. But as, they're usually the older ladies, but they're, oh, thank you for the call. <laughs> so what do you say to them when they say, well, how did you get my phone number? Usually that it depends on the list. We're not going to lie to them. If it was a driving for dollars list, we'll say, Hey, we're at, we actually drove by and we wanted to reach out and you'd be surprised how far Google goes. <laughs> either, either that, if I actually Googled, if I actually Googled their number, if it was just like a one-off or something like that, or if it is a big bulk list, we'll say, we actually have a third party company that we send addresses to if we're interested in buying and they send us numbers if we have them. And here we are. Yeah, perfect. You can't beat just being a straight shooter and, and telling the truth. Well, yep. Josiah, I know that uh, you've done quite a few deals, you know, over the past few months, but I'm, I'm interested in you uh, sharing your story with uh, one of the deals. You can pick any deal that you want to and share the story about the deal. And let's share with the audience some very important lessons learned that you learned while doing the deal. Okay. Do you, do you want to start with story first or, or how I got into it or what? I'm going to turn it over to you. You, you tell it the way you think the audience will learn the most. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. Well, so I'll, I guess I'll just keep it short and, and, and skip the, the background story of how I got into real estate and everything like that. Cause it's long just for time's sake. But essentially when I first got started, I was on the phone a lot and I had pretty much was going to burn my ships and die on my sword. So I, I quit my job to go into this full time. I, after I had kind of started learning about this stuff and I had been studying my eyeballs and my, my ears were bleeding from how much I was studying every single day and listening to tapes and watching YouTube videos and just being ob totally obsessed. All right, Josiah. So Josiah, let me interrupt you right there. So you said you quit your job. Mm -hmm. So let me start right there. Knowing what you know now versus... <laughs> Yeah. not knowing what you didn't know then when you quit your job, what's your advice on when somebody should quit their day job and go full-time into real estate investing based on your experience? After you've closed a couple of deals. Because <laughs> <laughs> you quit your day job and jumped in and had no deals, right? Yeah, I quit my day job, jumped in and had no deals for, for 30 days. Well, I was doing a lot of everything. So I, I had a life savings of like five grand uh, saved up from just overtime. And, and I was like, man, I'm going to do this or, you know, die. So, uh, so I just went ahead and did it. And I, I put my two weeks in at the job I was working at part-time just because being a realtor, you're broke. So, <laughs> well, hey, look, you were, you, were working, you were working for tips anyway, right? Yeah, I was working for tips. Yeah, yeah. So I went ahead and, and took that life savings and, uh, and, and applied it to marketing budget first month. I almost, man, I almost spent my entire five grand that first month trying to figure out something that works and getting lazy with it, you know, like outbound stuff like mail when I didn't know how to mail, you know, or who to mail and, and just blasting out at everything. So took the shotgun approach and that is never a good idea. Don't just blast out something. Pick something, study it, do your research, and then apply the marketing money because that marketing money does not come back if you waste it. So 
or, or do it <laughs> the wrong way. So, and it ended up coming back to just the most basic thing is just getting on the phone and talking to people. So that ended up, you know, me getting that first deal. So. All right. Um, well, I, I didn't mean to de I didn't mean to derail you there on your story, sorry, but please. I did want people to hear your advice on when they should quit their day job before jumping in to, you know, full-time real estate. Investing. So back, so back to the story on, on this deal. Okay. 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 Sorry about that. But just to, before we get to, just to answer that, wait until you're, you're steady and you've done a couple deals, then quit and then <laughs> transition. But anyway, so first deal, I was doing a lot of cold calling and I was pretty much down to the wire. I get someone on the phone and we, it, this seller was out of, uh, it, it was from an absentee owner list that I'd bought and uh, I had skipped trace. I went ahead and gave him a call and he was interested in selling. Apparently he had, well, what he had said was that some other real estate investors had come out, went out and given an offer and the offer wasn't really that great or whatever. He had offered like 135 and the property was worth well, I, what I thought it was worth at the time. It was in a bit of a rural area and there weren't any real comps. Lesson number one, as I go into that, um, make sure that there are comps in an area if you're going to wholesale a property because uh, that's so key when buyers are looking in that area and how to sell those, make sure that there's a lot of comps and you can justify your after repaired value. Anyways, so I, I gave him a call, got him on the phone. We ended up just building a ton of rapport. This guy just listened to him. He was an elderly gentleman, uh, disabled, uh, I think a bit of an alcoholic, but he, sometimes if you call him during like later during the night, he wasn't exactly all there. So I, I kept the conversations before 5 p.m. <laughs> but I got him on the phone and, and we were just relating and building a ton of rapport. And then over the phone, and I'm at this point, I'm so desperate for a deal because I'm in, in chaos management, right? Which is a terrible place to be when you are like down to the wire. You don't have any money. You needed a deal to close yesterday and it's just not good. So I ended up making him an offer. I said, well, well, listen, you know, I, I know you got an offer, but if you're not going to compete, then I'll just, uh, he's like, I'll give you 140 right now you know, if we can sign a contract over the phone. So I actually got him under contract over the phone before I even saw the property. Another mistake. <laughs> if, I, if you don't know what the comps are in the area or aren't 100% positive in the area. And I went ahead and did that. We got it signed that day. And I went out to see the property and, and, and got the keys mailed to me and uh, went out and, and looked in and set it up. Actually, which was, this was just me being an idiot. I actually didn't have a lockbox at the time. So I only had, I was like, man, this is like 30 minutes away from me. I had a car key fob, like a key fob in the, <laughs> like the one you put under your tire, right? <laughs> like the one you put on your tire had a key in it and I, I put it to the back of the HVAC, right? That's how I, that's how I sold that first property, which is, don't do that. Because <laughs> I almost lost the key. So <laughs> don't do that. And once I, once I started getting buyers in there and, and, and realizing that my numbers were way off, it needed like 25 grand worth of rehab, which is not bad, but I put it out there at, at, at too high of a price. Also, I, I put it out there at like, I had it under contract for 140. I put it out there at like 155. I saw everybody online, all these online places, everybody's cashing these huge checks, you know, in the, in all the Facebook groups and things like that, the motivational like check bragging or whatever it is. Right. So you got this property under contract for 140 and now you are attempting to wholesale it to another real estate investor yes. to, to actually take it down and cash out 
and give you uh, either do a simultaneous close where you get the difference between your contract price and what you're going to sell it for or get an assignment fee, right? So right. how did you start marketing it to real estate investors? How did you get that list pulled together of people to market that property to? And that leads me to my next uh, mistake, which was not having enough buyers. So uh, you should be building your buyers list while you are looking for deals. <laughs> I was just looking for deals. I was not really looking for buyers that much. I only had like maybe two or three just from basic networking stuff. And I knew that there was a couple, I really only had two or three and not that many. So biggest takeaway from that one, make sure you're building your buyers list. Always, always building your buyers list. But I went ahead and got, I got them on the phone and everything and no one was interested. So I was like, Oh gosh, what's, what's wrong? You know, what are, what's wrong with my numbers? It only is 25 and uh, you know, at work, I got a 55 and things like that. It, maybe this would be a good buy and hold for somebody, but no, it, it, it wasn't. <laughs> so I actually ended up putting an ad on Craigslist for it. I also don't recommend doing that if you don't, know how to do it the right way because they're you don't want to be marketing a, another person's property right so but i i did and i got a bunch of calls i actually had a realtor call me and the realtor was like hey man i i saw that you had that that property over there and i actually have a buyer's list down there i'm in tallahassee and i used to be from gainesville and, and i used to actually start i started wholesaling as well but i went into uh into the retail side and i do a little bit of both out of tallahassee so i was like Oh, what? wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any buyers. Like, yes, great. Blast them out. And you know, I'm coming up on my inspection period. This is like day 12 of my 15 day inspection, something like that. It was very down to the wire. And I had a $500 earnest money, which is too much uh, for a wholesale FISBO. And I, I was like, oh my, freaking out that I'm going to lose this 500 bucks. Right. And because uh, I really needed it at the time. And I am calling him. He blasted out. He gets a buyer for me. And we ended up closing that deal seven days later after I had to get a reduction for like 38 grand from, from the seller to make that deal close. Cause when the buyer came in at like 105, I think it was, yeah, like 105. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what, you know, what, after I got the feedback and realized what the property was really worth, it was really worth like 180. But I, I you know, that's the thing prepare, do your due diligence. Don't just put lousy contracts together. Uh, Cause I, I got a little lucky there. So what did you do, Josiah? Did you go back to the seller and renegotiate the contract and you say, Hey, there's no way I'm going to find a buyer anywhere around this price. So I went back to the seller and kind of explained that, that one, I had, uh, I had underestimated the amount of repairs that it was, that was needed. And went around and kind of just justified my offer a little bit once I was educated on it and was like, listen, man, this is just, isn't going to work out. I have to go a little bit lower, you know, where can we meet on this? And he, he was very, very insistent at first, but we finally made it happen because he, he really needed a, he did need the money. That was his intangible. It wasn't, it wasn't the price that was his issue. It, it was the fact that he needed it to be done. He was disabled. He couldn't do the work. All of his family was, was out of state and, and couldn't, handle anything. So he was able to take a reduction to 102 and I, I was able to sell it for 105. The realtor was, he was like, man, this is, this is your first one. This has been a rough time. He's like, oh, and it's, it's, you know, it's a $3,000 spread. I'll just take a thousand bucks and we'll do more deals in the future. That's fine. So I ended up getting the, the bulk of that, that, that first one. I got uh, 66% of that. So two grand was, was the first actual profit. And then plus my, my escrow deposit back. 
I got you. So any other lessons learned on that first deal? Yes. Do your due diligence and anchor low. So do your due diligence before you make offers. Make educated offers so that you're not wasting people's time and that you don't look bad, right? Because that, that was one of the things. Like your reputation is so huge. You don't want to be putting contracts together that you, you genuinely you can't close on, right? So you want to make sure that your numbers are solid and, and that you've got it at a good enough price that you're going to be able to move the property really quickly. Um, That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and serve the seller the best way you can. So. Well, Josiah, we are just about out of time. I want to have you back on the show and, and get another case study story from you. But um, any closing remarks or advice uh, you want to give out there? Yeah, to, to millennials. So all the you young people, right, like that are my age, when you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, it can be a very lonely road, right? Don't listen to all those naysayers and people that say that you can't do it and things like that, or that you need to get a degree, or you need this, and you need this, and this, just don't listen to that stuff. You know what's best for you and your, and, it, and it's your responsibility to make the most money that you possibly can and set yourself up because you don't have time. People like to tell you that you have time. You know, you don't have time. It goes by quick. Life is short. Uh, and you need to plan and, and, be, and, uh, and learn as much as you can, add as much value and make as much money as you can as quickly as possible. So that's my biggest advice. That's awesome. Josiah Rivera, thank you so much, man, for joining me here on the show. Thank you so much, man. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope we can talk soon and do this again sometime. That sounds great. All right, folks. Thanks for joining in. I'm Jay Connor, the Private Money Authority, wishing you all the best. And here's to taking your real estate investing business to the next level. From now until then, we'll see you on the next show. Bye for now.